Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Krista Grasso. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Krista, it's so nice to have you on. Tom, thanks so much. I'm really, really excited to be here today. Well, I was excited about talking to you because you make things happen with business owners. And, you know, our show is all about how do we help business owners, whether they're doing well or doing poorly, anything that we can throw into the mix to help them go. But you really get your hands in there. We're going to talk a lot about that today. So this is really kind of really cool for me. But let me explain to the audience who you are, because I know you, but they may not know you. So Krista Grasso is the go-to strategic planning expert for leading global businesses and online entrepreneurs when they want to scale. Key, right? They want to grow. Known as the business optimizer, Krista specializes in helping businesses gain clarity on the most important things that will drive maximum value for their clients and maximum profits for their business. She is the creator of the Lean Out Method, 90-Day Lean Out Planner, and host of the Lean Out Your Business podcast. She's very creative, and she's a lot of fun. And again, Krista, uh, Krista, thanks again for coming in. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to dive in. Oh, let's dive in now. But you know, Krista, I wanted to ask you just a couple of questions on on the business side of running a business. And uh, first of all, tell me a little bit how you got started. So I think like so many business owners, we never really saw the path that we're currently on. It's just, you know, some maybe happy accidents or some things that have evolved throughout our journey that took us to where we are today. And so early on, um, back when I was in college, I was actually a fine art major. I had really, I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur and do my own thing, but I thought I was going to do something in the creative space. Um, And fun fact, I do actually have a jewelry business today. So I did do that. Um, But while I was in school, I really started to think, you know, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to run a business for the rest of my life, I should probably know something about business. And so I ended up, instead of graduating with a fine art degree, I graduated with a business degree. And I was looking for getting a job after I graduated. And what happened was one of my morning customers at a Starbucks that I was managing actually had pulled me aside one morning and offered me a job. 
And the only way he could have gotten me to start as quickly as he wanted was to have me come in as a consultant. And it just so happened that the business that he brought me into did lean manufacturing. And so it was kind of a happy accident that I fell into consulting, which I've now done for more than 21 years. And I ended up learning so much about lean, which I absolutely loved. And over the years, ended up taking and adapting so that online entrepreneurs and small business owners could use it in either the coaching or consulting or service-based industry. And it doesn't have to just be leveraged in manufacturing or in technology. Wow. Talk about a fortuitous situation, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I didn't even know what consulting was. I was yeah. like, sure, I can start tomorrow. Sounds good. I just, I had no idea. And how interesting how that completely shaped the path of my entrepreneurial journey. I didn't know about your jewelry business. Now I know why you wear such great jewelry. <laughs> um so what are the things that you you would pinpoint uh, that you feel have really created the success you've had? Because you've been very successful. But if there were a couple of things, bullet points that you would pick out, what do you think they'd be for you? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I've had, I've run several businesses um, over the past 21 years, and some of them have been really wildly successful. But those successes came on the heels of some pretty wild failures. And I think that honestly, some of the best learning opportunities and experiences that I've had were some of my early business experiences where I made a lot of mistakes that I see new business owners make. I ended up making a lot of assumptions about my market instead of validating things with my market. I This was a product-based business, so I heavily invested in a lot of product because I loved it and I went into it with you know all of my passion and thinking everybody else was going to love it as much as I did, and they didn't. Um, and I still have some of that product collecting dust downstairs in my basement. Um, and so, you know, I think it was some of those early mistakes that I made that led to some of the incredible success that I've had afterwards. And so I think the first thing is being willing to recognize and acknowledge the things that go wrong in business as learning opportunities and really looking for the lesson in them. Because I think everything that happens in our business, good and bad, has a lot to teach us about what we should do next. And I had one business, a consulting business that I started that I took from idea to multiple six figures in under two weeks. And I could have never, ever done that if I hadn't first had a business that I took to multi six figures of business debt. And so it was really through those learnings that I was able to have the success that I've had. Isn't it interesting that um, I always have this phrase, I'd rather learn from somebody else's failures than my own. But sometimes the best thing you could do is fail yourself because it really, it it is a line drawn in the sand and you realize this is closer to me than the guy down the street that made this mistake. And, you know, it it is a learning curve, but you learn real quick. Mm -hmm. Sure do. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to make too many of them though, but um, so what, what do you see the trends that you see that are impacting your business? 
So today, when I look at the success of my business and honestly, where a lot of my clients are coming from, it's I think it's unfortunate that one of the trends is that so many business owners are really overworked and really overwhelmed and on the verge of burnout. And I think it's because they went into their business usually based on a whole lot of passion and love for what they do. And they ended up working really hard to get their business to the level of success that it is today. But most businesses did not put solid systems in place. Um, They probably have a team, but they may not have the right team or really know how to truly manage and leverage that team. Um, And so, so much is dependent on them that they end up super overwhelmed and burnt out and they want to scale or continue to scale. And they're just so exhausted that they don't even know where to begin. And so that honestly leads to a lot of business for me. And I think that that is an unfortunate trend and one that I wish weren't the case and that I'm trying very hard to help entrepreneurs realize there are other ways and you do not need to get to that point. Well, you, you know, you're right on because I, my book that I wrote last year, Unlocking Your Business DNA, had a lot about processes and systems. But the two things that stick out were that I saw, uh, especially in my career, how I was able to build a multi-million dollar practice, but only work 80 days a year. A, systems, very good systems, and everything had a process. But secondly, I was able to delegate much of what I did and only kept the two or three things that I knew I could do better than anybody. And I think business owners try to do, and I understand it's their baby. They did it right from when they had no employees. They did everything from sweeping the floors, but they couldn't let go. And that's what happens uh, down the line. You you know, they, they don't have the confidence and let it go. They don't find the right people. So I, I see systems and not delegating as you grow is almost impossible to scale your business. Yeah, I agree. I think scaling, there's really four critical components. You need the right strategy. You need to have a really solid planning process in place so everybody's really clear on what's important and what they need to be focused on. You need those systems so that you're getting repeatable results for your business and for your clients. And you need a solid team. I think those are the four critical ingredients to scaling a business and that all of that is based on first simplifying and leaning out. You do not want to scale noise and complexities, which I see a lot of people do. And I certainly did in my first business. That was one of my mistakes that I learned. Um, I think that you want to simplify and make sure that you're really clear on what actually matters, adding what's adding value for your clients and profit for your business. And that's what you want to scale. And you want to lean out or cut out you know, the rest of everything that really is just noise and distraction. You know, what you're really saying, which I like the way you do it, I love that word lean. Um, That was a new word when I first met you. I had never, for some reason, never heard of that. And you explained it to me. We're going to talk more about that in a little while. But what you're really talking about um, is you're talking about how to deal with value drivers in a business. There's eight and nine of them. And each one of them is, uh, is an individual in and of itself, but they're all important but some are a little more important than the other. And what you're really saying is that each value driver, whether it be delegation, whether it be client accumulation, whether it be management, middle management, whether it be systems, you know, not keeping in your head, but making sure the company has a system and a a policy of knowing that system. Those are all things that uh, 
help with scaling, but they need to be done over time. And I think that's what you're saying. And I think what I also heard you say is in each of those areas, each one of them are treated differently, but they have to be lean. They have to be uh, almost flawless uh, and not tamper with it if it's working kind of thing. Yeah, I think that so often what we do as business owners is we shine a spotlight on things that aren't working and we put all of our effort on trying to fix what isn't working. When if you really look really strategically at your business, in a lot of cases, the things that aren't working are things that you need to let go. And the things that are working is where you're going to get the best incremental growth and scaling in your business if you focus on optimizing those things. And I think we just shift our focus um, as natural problem solvers to the wrong things. We put our focus on fixing something that shouldn't even be in our business in the first place, instead of optimizing and amplifying what's already working in our business, which, I mean, even just a small little shift in something like a conversion rate can have huge impact to profit in the number of people you're able to work with. And sometimes I think we focus on the wrong things. Yeah, and it's like that. Uh, it's uh, it's like the old saying: "Don't work on the things you're weak on. Work on the things that you're strong at." Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like that. So, yeah, what amplify this, your strengths. <laughs> yeah, your strength. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Uh, what would what would you say would be the key issues in your business that you really have to stay ahead of the curve on? Yeah, I think, you know, just like any other business, um, as a natural visionary leader, which I think all of us are, we have more ideas than we could ever implement probably in our lifetime, certainly in a 90-day period of time, if you're looking at, you know, doing your 90-day strategic planning. So I think it's focus. I think it's staying laser focused. It's being really clear on what's important, why it's important, and keeping, you know, yourself and your team grounded on that. I mean, I have probably... 40 new ideas before breakfast every morning, as I'm sure so many of your listeners do. And so it's a matter of saying, yep, interesting idea, but here is the focus right now. Need to stay focused on this. Or if, you know, one of those random ideas actually is something worth pursuing that's more important than something that we've already planned for, then it's really just looking at how we shift things around. Yeah, good good advice. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because our mind starts to see all the flashy things and the what ifs and this could be. And all of a sudden we let go of the project we've been working on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, what do you do to take creative time off for yourself? I love to read. And this time of year is wonderful in New England. It's beautiful outside. So I just make sure that I have protected space in my schedule. I am a big believer of working in focus blocks. I think focus blocks are a really effective and productive way to work. But I schedule myself focus blocks for self-care and for relaxation time. Um, I actually block my calendar so that nothing else gets scheduled in. Um, And I'll take, you know, a couple hours sometimes during, you know, the day or on the weekend and I'll go sit outside. Um, I'll bring the dogs with me and I'll read. And I usually have two books going at any given point in time. One is for just personal relaxation. And then one is more of a kind of business development, uh, something that I'd like to learn. You know, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, you're only as creative as you are mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. And if you're being bogged down and frustrated, that's not a good thing, especially in the role that you play for employee. Um, I, in my book, I, I talked about 
uh, taking blocking time. And for me, that's exactly what worked for me. So if you had been coaching me or consulting with me and told me to do that, it would have been a winner. I, you know, you, you know, 50 years ago, I had to figure that out myself by reading. There weren't really a lot of uh, consultants around doing what you're doing that back then, even though I, I had a coach. But I found, long story very short, I found I, I would block off Tuesdays and Thursdays, and those were the days I actually talked to clients, no ifs, ands, or buts. But then on Friday, Monday, uh, those were my time, kids' time. And when I had to do projects, I would block it. So if I was working on a blog, I would work from 9 to 11 and say, that's all you're going to do. And if it takes two sessions, you'll schedule it. And I found, Chris, that that helped me out more than saying, I got three hours. Let me see what I can do and, 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 and get to everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. 100%. Yes, I think and that I, makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, and I do believe that a lot of people are not trained and coached in the time management, what's real and what isn't real area. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's something we want to talk about. And I think you're going to do that in a little while here. So I have, I want to come back now to your services because you have some really unique stuff going on. I really like to hear it again. So why is running your business lean so critical for the next level growth? Yeah, I think if you think back to the early days of starting out your business or even starting like introducing a new offer or doing something new in your business, what happens? We work really hard. There's a whole lot of experimentation going on because you're trying to find, you know, like the the right price point or the right offer for the right person. Um, You're really trying to get that product market fit. And so it ends up being a time of saying yes to a lot of things and more, more, more. And if you think about it, that is not sustainable at all. It is not sustainable. And none of us went into our business to work 24 by seven or give up our personal life or give up the things that do fuel us and make us, you know, feel at our absolute best and actually enjoy what we're doing. And so I think it's really critical that you focus on leaning out and get clear on what are the things that actually matter and get rid of all of the noise because it just happens in business. No matter how intentional you are with your time, over time, there's things that either stop working that are no longer in alignment with that next level that you want to take your business or yourself to. Um, And a lot of times you said yes to a whole lot of things that you found out afterwards weren't things that you actually enjoy, got fulfillment out of, generated an ROI. um, And you do need to consistently lean those things out. To me, it's really about you want sustainable success in business. It's not about the quick wins. It's about long-term sustainable success and having your business balance the lifestyle goals that you have so that you have that very holistic level of success as opposed to business success at the expense of personal success. And I think leaning out is what gets you there. So when you first get referred to a business owner and you start to talk about leaning out, how do you describe that to them? Yeah, absolutely. So when you want to run a lean business, especially for, you know, uh, online type of lean business, small business, it really comes down to getting laser focused on the things that are going to add the most value for your clients and for your business, generate the most profit and eliminate everything else. You want to get rid of anything that's non-value add. 
And so what we usually do is we look at, you know, what is the the thing that's most important to them. So we always start with what I call context. It's the first pillar of the lean out method. So what is their big vision that they have? What is that long-term you know, view that they have, not just for their business, but also for their life and lifestyle and their role in the company and what they do? Um, and you know, what does that look like for their customer of the future as well? And we start there and then we really just look at, great, when you, you consider everything that you're currently doing, your current offers, um, your current activities, which of those things are in alignment with that and which of them aren't, and we really need to reimagine or, or lean them out entirely. So it really comes down to, um, I'm not going to say a mission statement, that's too general, but it really comes down to a locus, a, a focus bottom line, what, what do I want this to look like kind of thing, huh? Yeah, start with the end in mind and reverse engineer your results. <laughs> yeah, no, which is really a great tool to use because um, it, it gets you where you want to go exactly. And you stay, you know, Maxwell Maltz is, it was a surgeon and psychiatrist and he wrote a book, I think in 1923 or something like that. He was a surgeon and he would do operations on people to fix their nose or something. And then he would say, then they'd come back, take the bandages off and the nose would look perfect, but they saw the same old nose, mm-hmm. right? So what he learned was a vision. He he learned that um, in the subcon, I won't give you a course here, but I, it, it's, I've read this book 20 times and it's helped me most. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maltz. But what you're saying is pretty much what, what he's saying. He's saying, have that vision in mind. And when you get off track, your subconscious will bring you back. As long as you, you have defined that and you keep coming back to that vision. So, it seems to me you really help people get clarity in what they want, but you keep them clarified. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, 100%. And once you have that clarity of vision, the next step is making sure that your business model supports it. And it's really fascinating, but so often as I start working with businesses and they're established businesses, they're very successful. They've been around for you know years, sometimes decades. And as I'm working with them, they realize that over time, they no longer like the business model that they have, right? The business model they have actually doesn't support their vision. They probably got a great idea from a business coach somewhere, you know, or a business consultant somewhere else, or they, you know, heard that they needed to be doing this new tool or this new trend. And over time, they started taking different things on and introducing different things into their business that just aren't what they enjoy and aren't in alignment with where they want to go when they look at that vision. So I think the two go hand in hand. You've got to have that clarity of vision, and then you've got to have a business model that supports it. Well, that, that lends itself to another question. So here you have a company that's doing very, very well. You know, I always say uh, good cash flow covers a lot of mistakes in your business that you know about or maybe don't know about, but you don't care about because there's good cash flow. So what what are the things that you see that businesses pick up the phone and, and call Krista Grasso and say, we need to talk? If things are going so well, what is that? What's what's gnawing at their ankles? Yeah, so it's one of those things where things are going well from sometimes a financial perspective, 
sometimes from what I call the illusion of success, where from the outside looking in, everybody's like, how are you doing this? But behind the scenes, the reality is they are almost always completely exhausted. They're overworked. They're overwhelmed. Or they simply are so out of love of what they do in their business because they're spending their time doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Their business model is no longer something that actually kind of lights them up and aligns with what they were passionate about in the first place, that they kind of just want to like walk away from it all. And they know there has to be a better way. They know that they can take their business to another level and really scale it and start to remove themselves from being so integrated into the day-to-day, but they just have no idea how. They're just, they're too exhausted, honestly, to even, I think, implement it if they did know how. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Talk about motivation, huh? Mm-hmm. Self-motivation because uh, um, you, you're right. Uh, business owners sometimes are very oblivious to what's around them until they something hits them in the back of the head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you scale your business simply and sustainably? Yeah, this goes back to what I'd mentioned before. I think the four kind of key pieces of scaling your business are having the right strategy, putting strategic planning in place, having systems, and really building that rock star team that can run the business without you in a lot of ways, which gets to what you were saying earlier about delegation. And to me, I think scalability starts with simplicity. So you need to lean out first. You need to be scaling the things that matter, the things that are working, and the things that are in alignment with your next level and that vision that you have. You don't want to scale noise. And that is one of the biggest mistakes that I see businesses make is they try to scale too much too quickly, or they try to scale all of the things instead of taking a single offer and trying to scale it or trying to, you know, really simplify first. But I think the first thing you want to do is lean things out, really make sure, again, that the the things that you're investing your time in, the offers that you have in your business, that those are the ones that are in alignment with your next level and with what your customers are going to need from you next. Um, And then from there, it's really all about that strategy, the strategic planning, putting the right systems in place. Um, And I'm a big believer in the lean concept of just enough, just in time. I think systems are critical, but I think a lot of people avoid systems because they look at it as this project that they need to take on where they need to go, you know, sit down and spend three months writing this big, huge monolith system uh, document for their business. And I think, you know, you develop systems as you're in the moment sometimes. Um, If you can get ahead of the moment, that's even better. But if you can at least develop the system while you're doing something, you're eventually building things that are really repeatable. And that's how you as the business owner can delegate, can get out of the, the, you you basically can remove yourself as the bottleneck in any given situation. You know, I had, I I talk about this in my book. I talk about nothing's ever going to be perfect. So if you're trying to write a procedure that is perfect and, and not flawed at all, forget it. You're better off having a, a procedure or a strategy that works 80% of the time, but you put in action because over time it'll grow into what you want it to be. But without that action, and uh, to me, uh, too much time on a project uh, thinking about it is really a waste of time because it never gets implemented. You need some kind of action. And mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that you use the idea of let's make this simple, simple. We can make it more of what it is today as we grow with it. I like that idea. 
And that works. Yeah. And I think when you're trying to scale, right, you want to optimize and amplify what's already working. Scale what's working in your business. Don't try to scale something that's not working. I think another mistake that I see people make with scaling a lot is they think that scaling is going to solve their problems. Scaling simply amplifies what you already have. So if you haven't leaned out, you're super overworked, you're super overwhelmed, you've got a ton of complexity. When you scale it, you're going to be more overworked, more overwhelmed, and have more complexity. So that's why I think you need to simplify first. You need to lean out first. And then you want to you know, scale and amplify what's actually already working well. You use the term, I've heard you say this, how to be insanely productive dash lean style. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's so much information and great information out there, honestly, about productivity and how to be productive. Um, But I think there's some things that Lean has to offer that a lot of people don't really talk about. And so earlier I talked about focus blocks and, you know, you talked about that as well. I think that is just a critical way to structure your day and to really be strategic about how you approach your work that will help you be productive. But I like taking focus blocks and layering them in with two lean concepts. The first one is called uh, limit whip, which is limit your work in progress. So if you think about what most people do, They're working on, you know, 80 different things at once (laughs) and they have a very high risk of never finishing them or they get so distracted trying to switch between so many different activities um, that things take much longer. They have much higher um, error rates and it's just you don't actually get the fulfillment out of doing it because you're just like a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. And so you really want to limit your whip and you want to try to laser focus on as few things as possible at once. And so if you do have a two hour time block, you're better off working on one thing that you can both start and finish within that time block than you are spending two hours working a little bit on a whole lot of things, Um, which takes me to the next lean concept, which is stop starting, start finishing. And this is about Finish what you have in progress before you start something new. And so here's how I teach all of my clients to implement this. In the middle of your work week, so let's say your work week is Monday through Friday and today is Wednesday. If you're leveraging stop starting, start finishing um, properly, you should have about half of your activities 100% finished and the other half of your activities not yet started. And if you think about most people's schedules, and maybe all of you listening, your schedules, what typically happens on Wednesday is you've got every single thing in progress. And maybe if you're lucky, you have one finished. And so it's a completely different way of approaching your work. So leverage focus blocks, um, limit the number of things that you do at once, and really focusing a focus on finishing what you start before you start something new. I, when you said that, you know what I thought of the old you and you're too young to remember Rawhide. That was a cowboy, Clint Eastwood. This is going back 50, 60 years ago. All the cattle have to get over this line by Wednesday. And all your cattle represents all these tasks that you put in on Monday in your calendar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of taking one, start it, finish it, and go to the next one. Um, and, you know, Krista, as simple as that almost seems, 
I have more people having time management problems, getting things done, always late, working millions of hours. And uh, for some reason, they don't get it. But I have, I could tell you that uh, it's like when I start my week, I first take the days I'm not going to work or hours I'm not going to work for me. And then I put the big blocks in that are going to take a lot of time and I have no control of it because it's a meeting or something. And that's when I center my tasks around. And your system has worked very well for me because I would take something that I know in two hours I could complete or get very close to completing and then get give it another block a week from now. So you get more done. You just get, you accomplish and finish things where instead of having 10 things sitting around that haven't been finished, you know, you get them done. Um, it's a great concept and it, it's not a concept. It's an actual strategy that works. Yeah. I always say success is not about how much work you do. It's about the things that you actually finish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you spent all week working super hard, you're completely exhausted come end of day Friday, but you have nothing to show for it. That is actually worse than having only completed a couple things because you at least would have gotten those things done. You can be generating results from those things. If those things are profit producing activities in your business, you could be generating revenue in your business from them instead of just, you know, feeling exhausted and having a whole lot of unfinished things that you need to pick back up on Monday. I'll give you an example that worked very well. I had a client who who was trying to build a middle management and I told him, you really have to give these two guys experience as being a business owner. So what we did, and he said, I used to hate to do the, the expenses and the cash flow. I said, okay. So what I had him do is I had him teach one of his employees in the key group cash flow and one in the expenses. And every week they would meet and they would they would tell the owner and, and report to them. Now, the owner didn't have to do this anymore. He just had to observe. And what was interesting is that this was so critical of a thing to get done that that was the primary job of that key person, the expenses and the cash flow. In other words, those were his major tasks. But they got them completed every week and they grew uh, educationally. They grew as business owners because they started thinking like an employer mm. and eliminated the employer having to do this where he didn't want to give it up. But I mean, that's a big strategy, but you can do it with as simple as writing a blog or putting up a new system or doing whatever. But the point is to start it and find a way of finishing it before you start doing new projects mm -hmm. and that it's focused. It. It's important. It has to be part of that. What you talked about that vision before. That's interesting. Absolutely. So uh, how, uh, let's say, how do, uh, how to plan for big, bold moves in your business? Um, what's a big, bold move? Yeah, so a lot of people come to me with big, bold moves. And a lot of times this will happen when they want to completely change up their business model. I just did this in my own business. I've spent more than 21 years working with corporate clients. And on the side, I would work with entrepreneurs and small business owners. But I decided to step away from corporate and work exclusively with entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so that was a pretty big shift to my business model. And a lot of my clients do something similar. 
And I think that, you know, when I really look at any time you're doing a big move in your business where maybe you're going to retire one of your major services or one of your major offers, um, maybe you're going to introduce something brand new, maybe you're going to, you know, change your role in the company um, and how clients interact with you and maybe promote your team to be more who they work with, right? Anytime you're doing something really big like that, I think there's three kind of core steps that are needed. And number one is you have to actually commit to the change. And that might sound obvious, but if you're not 100% all in committed, I'm going to do this, you will back down (laughs) because change is hard. And especially if you're making a big change in your business. So you've really got to know this is what I want to do. And you've got to commit to working through when you hit those rough patches and when things aren't um, super easy and, you know, sunshine and rainbows at all points in time, because anytime you make a change, there's always the the struggles that go along with it realistically. <laughs> um, the second piece of that is you need to have a plan for it. Some of the things that I see um, clients do, like one of my clients wanted to shift her work schedule. She wanted to dramatically reduce how much she was working and have her team be more kind of uh, face, uh, customer facing. And so she wanted to go to a three day weekend and another coach that she had been working with was like, okay, just do that this week. As of this week, you no longer work Fridays. And you could probably imagine that did not work for her at all. Um, and so she ended up coming to me and we ended up pulling together a plan that allowed her to actually completely shift and reduce how much she was working. But I think you do need a plan. It's never a bandaid in your business because if you just kind of like rip the bandaid off and say, oh, that thing I want to do, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Usually what ends up happening is you have some kind of negative impact to your existing clients or commitments, or you have a negative impact to yourself or your team. And you don't want to do that. You need a plan to really think through if I'm going to start doing or stop doing something that, you know, is a little bit different from what I've done before. What does that look like? And how can I do it in a way which takes me to number three, where I can make the transition with integrity? So let's say you're going to retire a service, but maybe you have clients that already paid for that service and they were committed to work with you through the end of the year. I think you really need to plan for and think through what does that transition look like in a way where you can honor your commitment to them um, or provide them an alternative that's even more valuable, but that lets you make the change that you want to make. So I think you just have to be really intentional and thoughtful and create that plan around how you can um, make the big, bold business move so that you can do so with integrity and protect the commitments that you've made to your clients as well as your team. You know, you're right on spot because as I was listening to you, I was thinking of some of the big bold moves that I've made in my practice over 51 years. And those are the things that I I, I realized mentally um, you need a plan. And, and one of the big things was, gee, how do I do this without hurting anybody? You know, and, and there's always a compromise somewhere because sometimes you can't fulfill what you promised years before, but but coming back to you, the, it's a thought process that at least allows you to start thinking of a path to go down to make that big bold move, and not just throw your hands up and say it's impossible or just do it because either one of those is it's either going to hurt you or hurt your clients and you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems to be a nice paradigm to put together. I, you know, that it seems simple, doesn't it? But really, that is such great advice because 
when you're in business, you never know when the big bold move is going to come. A lot right. of things happen, right? Mm-hmm. So just to take that simplicity of one, two, and three, let's think this through, shortens the period of time you really have to plan because now you've identified and you've clarified. So that is just wonderful advice, Krista, that I think is extremely bright. Um, and, and I'm only relating it to because I think of the ways that I did bold moves that didn't work out so well. <laughs> so, And it happens, right? Uh, yeah. Always. <laughs> Always, right? Well, that's how you learn, right? So let's talk a little bit about, we have a little time left. So let's talk about what's your profile client? Yeah, so I really um, historically have worked with established businesses. Um, They've got a handful of employees and they're at that place where they really would like to scale. But again, they're usually pretty overwhelmed. They're pretty overworked and they've probably been avoiding putting systems in place or their team is not everything they thought a team would be. So they're maybe not natural born managers, right? Maybe they've never learned the skill of true people management and um, how to properly delegate. And so they've got a team that sometimes feels like more work than not having a team would have. Um, And so they're really at that place where they're ready to scale. They're ready to put systems in place and they're ready to learn how to build out a team properly and to step into that true visionary leadership role in their business where they are setting the strategy. They are setting the vision and they are building up really rock star people to kind of make it happen for them. And so that is the type of person that I tend to work with. It's usually people already at a multi six figure um, on their way to seven plus um, place. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, um, it's kind of like, you know, you're, it's like a, a runner trying to knock another second off their run it's it's more than physical exertion there's a strategy and mm-hmm. you've got the runner who can really run but they still need to have a strategy to run faster interesting yeah uh, procedure so okay i i you identify me i identify you what is our procedure to work with a client Yeah, absolutely. So I work with people in a few different ways. I do have a program that I call Simplify to Scale. And in that, we focus really, um, we focus in on the four things I mentioned earlier, the strategy, planning systems and team. And with that, I have a really structured way that I walk people through it. So we spend the first 90 days simplifying their business and getting rid of everything that doesn't matter. Um, And then we spend the next 90 days putting the systems in place that they need and really building up and kind of up-leveling their existing team. And so that's in my group capacity. But when I work with people personally, um, which I do still take on a handful of private clients, is I always walk them through the four pillars of my method, which is first that context. We talk about vision. The very first thing we always talk about is vision and lifestyle goals. Then we look at their business model and we usually spend a bunch of time reimagining their business model so that it's going to take them to where they want to go next and what they want long term. Um, From there, we focus on the next pillar, which is clarity, and that's getting clear on what's important right now. So context gives them that long-term vision. Clarity gives us the next 90 days and in the next year, what to really be laser focused on. Then we look at commitment and what are they going to do when 
when things maybe don't go according to plan or when they run into roadblocks? Where do they, as a leader, um, need to grow and evolve so that they can support their team and they can get the results that they want? Um, And then finally, Kaizen um, is a lean concept that means small continuous improvements and changes for the better. And so we put their dashboard and metrics in place. We look at um, systems for them to be able to measure what's working and what's not working so that we can validate, you know, what's getting them the best results and what they want to scale versus what's not getting them the results that they want and what we want to lean out. Yeah, that was one of my questions, having the, uh, the, the measurable results, which you put in place in the dashboard so they can see, Hey, I got, I did a, B and C, and this is what's, it's changing. So they get to see that. Mm -hmm. I think measurement is critical. You need to make informed decisions in business. And it's, I think that our intuition and our gut plays an important role sometimes, but it has to be coupled with actual data and metrics um, when you're, you're making those decisions, especially when you're making big, bold business moves. Yeah, no, that's good. And uh, Krista, uh, tell me, is there anything, I'm going to put all the contact information in the the show notes. So people will be able to contact you. They'll be able to get downloads. Is there anything in particular you want to say to the audience as far as an offer, anything you have online that they might want to read about you or anything in particular? Yeah, I would say if you like what I talked about today, definitely check out my podcast, which you can get at leanoutpodcast.com because I talk a whole lot about things like this um, every single week. Um, But I do have a visionary leadership schedule guide for anybody who really does want to take a hard look at their schedule and look at putting some focus blocks in place and look at, you know, maybe structuring their time in a more effective and more productive way. And they can get that at leanoutmethod.com slash visionary. It's a guide and template that really walks you through how to set up what I call a visionary leadership schedule. I, I think that, Krista, is so important for many people. Um, boy, it's it certainly helped me in my career. Um, anyways, well, Krista, you know, uh, you know, you bring so much to the table, Krista, with your experience. And I love the way you simplify things and you are so focused on what you're telling people. And I could see when people work with you that they can accomplish and get results and actually Uh, get that feeling of getting the results and feel very comfortable and confident when they're working with you. You have a great message. You have a great talent. And it was our pleasure to really have you on today. Is, Is there anything you'd like to add before we leave? No, I just want to say thank you. I loved our conversation and I really appreciate you having me on today. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. And thank you once again, Krista. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, If you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas 
and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.